Praise God, friends. Welcome back to A Word of Victory. God bless you today. Father, we ask you today in the name of Jesus, as we submit to you and yield to your precious Holy Spirit, we ask your Holy Spirit to fill us, fill our hearts with your peace. We ask you to open our spiritual eyes that we may see with your eyes, Father. We ask you to open our spiritual ears that we may hear your voice, that we may hear you calling us by our names. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that uh, you give us fresh manna today, fresh bread uh, from your table, Father. We are feasting off of your word. And Lord, I thank you for victory and breakthrough today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you today, friend, about you know, um, that spirit of death and about victory in times of apparent defeat. 
And if we go together to Romans chapter 8, it's a very famous scripture. And in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, I'm reading from the NLT right now, and it says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And that's the truth, friend. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now ask yourself that question. Come on, say it aloud. If God is for me, who can be against me? Do you believe it? In Romans, this chapter 8, Paul asks this question. You know, the chapter begins when Paul is speaking that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This means that God is not condemning you, ever. So you must be careful not to allow others to condemn you or to condemn yourself. One way this happens is when things don't go our way, when they don't work out as we expected. Perhaps you've been doing everything you know to do and yet you're seeing no breakthrough. The devil will oblige and tell you that your faith is not strong enough or that you're not completely right with God. He will speak accusations and failure into your ears and he will try to quench the whispers of God by shouting louder with these accusations. The Lord Jesus, the Son of God, was quite clear that God had sent him to save mankind and not to condemn us. Remember that in John chapter 3? For I came into the world to seek and to save the lost and not to condemn you. For God so loves the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. In the book of Revelation, let's turn there into Revelation, and it's chapter 12. So Revelation is the last book in the Bible. And chapter 12, and in verse, let's read verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, his Messiah, have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death hallelujah so we learn that one of the names of satan is the accuser of the brethren now brethren is another word for brothers and sisters so the devil brings accusations against the brothers and sisters of christ christ is the messiah jesus he brings accusations against the brothers and sisters of Christ to our Heavenly Father in the court of heaven. John saw a vision of this playing out in front of him. But praise God, those accusations have been cast down because the blood of Jesus Christ has washed away all our sins. In fact, in Colossians chapter 2, if you turn there with me quickly, in the book of Colossians chapter 2, 
Let's read it from 11. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. So you see that Jesus, he took us, even though we were dead and lost in our sins, his perfect sinless blood washed us and cleansed us and made us right with God so that all the accusations that the devil could bring against us from the law, from the word of God, from the commands of God, you know, and, and all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3 tells us. So what Jesus did was his sacrifice was perfect, sinless blood given in the place of, of you and I so that we could be forgiven and that the whole handwriting of the law that was against us would be wiped out. And by doing that, he shut the mouth of the, uh, the, mouth of the accuser of the brethren. He shut the devil up. And he completely disarmed him and made a public spectacle of him. Hallelujah. So the sacrifice that Jesus gave by laying down his perfect life was the ransom that paid the price that we owed. Because as human beings, as I said, we're all sinners and we all fall short of God's glory. And none of us can save ourselves. We none of us can do enough good works to make ourselves holy and right with God. But he made us holy by the perfect blood that Jesus shed for us. Because Jesus had no earthly father. And he came as one of us in in flesh and blood. He was born with flesh and blood. But he was conceived supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, this is something that cynics and atheists and all those and and even many uh, people who consider themselves to be Christians will try and deny. They'll try and deny the supernatural um, uh, conception of Jesus Christ, Uh, you know, and they'll try and deny his divinity. You see, his blood came from the father because the child's blood comes from the father. And so... Jesus' blood came from Father God. It did not come from an earthly man. And that's how he could live. Um, You know, he faced all the temptations we face, but he did not sin. And then he was able to present his blood as the ransom to pay the price for us. Because you see, the wages of sin is death. Hallelujah. No longer... um, Jesus' sinless blood was the perfect atonement for mankind's sin. And when we accept his sacrifice and ask him in as Lord, we are redeemed or brought back from the penalty of sin and thus the consequences of it because we are washed clean by his perfect blood. This is very important, friend, that we understand this. And it's something, you know, that often takes people a long time to grasp because the world's 
you know, the enemy, the God of this world, uses manipulation of our of our emotions. You know, this is why he's called the accuser of the brethren. He comes with accusations to try and make people feel unworthy or like they're they're just not good enough. Of course you're not good enough. Of course I'm not good enough. None of us are. But we have been made right. We have been given the free gift of righteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of that, death and sin and and every thing that the enemy uh, could throw at us have been cast down and what we want to talk about today is death and particularly um, failure once a person grows in the knowledge of how good God is and how perfect his plan of salvation through the blood of his son is we can live a totally different life no longer are we subject to being tormented by the accusations of the devil. No longer can the enemy hinder us or withhold our blessings when we understand fully what Jesus did for us. This is why Jesus spoke um, of those whom the Son sets free are free indeed. Those whom the Son sets free are free indeed. That's in John 8, 32. Uh, Galatians, the book of Galatians, put it this way in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. It was for freedom and liberty that Christ made us free. Free from what? Free from condemnation. Free from accusation. Free from sin and the power of death. And free from the fear of death. Jesus paid the price to set us free from every curse so that we could live a blessed, happy and peaceful life. No matter what curse has come down the generations through our family lines, no matter what sins or bondages that they were captive to, we can live a different life when we come to the full knowledge of what Jesus won for us at the cross. We have authority in the name of Jesus and that authority means power with the legal right to use it. If you just want to flick with me very quickly and I know I've mentioned this scripture umpteen times but in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 I believe this is a key scripture. I know it's been a key scripture for me anyway, just to bring freedom from the fear of death, freedom from failure, uh, you know, in every area of our lives. Because so many people think that the fear of death only um, is only related to somebody actually physically dying and going into the grave. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, and I'm reading it from the NLT, Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he, Jesus, set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. You know, you are not a slave to fear, friend. 
You are not a slave to failure. You are not a loser and you are not a failure. God says the complete opposite about you. He says that because of his son Jesus and because of his free gift of salvation and righteousness in the blood of Jesus Christ, you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. And that's in Romans chapter 8 actually. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. And in these days that we're in right now, there is such pressure in the atmosphere, such a pressure of negativity, of failure, of defeat, of absolute and utter hopelessness and helplessness. This is, uh, you know, the God of this world doing his best to wear people down and break them. But listen, when you have the Spirit of God inside of you and when you have been washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you do not have to succumb to the atmosphere that is in the world right now. You can live a different life. And that's what Jesus came to give us. Let's flick to uh, Luke chapter 10. These are key foundational scriptures. And sometimes, you know, friend, I believe, not just sometimes, but quite often, we need to go over and over and over again. Our Pastor Brida is constantly saying it. You need to go over again the foundational scriptures. And she's so right. Because it is when our foundation is secure that we are rock solid. And that no storm, no crisis, no terror, no fear, no virus will rock or destabilize us when we're founded on the rock. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, what happened here, the, the, the setting for this was that Jesus had first of all sent out his 12 disciples to go out to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, to uh, deliver people and set them free from the bondage of sickness and disease. And the disciples, the 12 disciples came back rejoicing. And then in the next, cha next chapter, in chapter 10, this is Luke chapter 10, he sent out 72 others of his other disciples and he told them to do exactly the same thing. Go out and demonstrate the kingdom of God. And in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This is the authority that we walk in. The authority that Jesus gave those who would believe in him. Because we believe in him, because we trust in him, we have been changed and made new. We have been reconnected to God through the power of his Holy Spirit. And we have now been given the authority in the name of Jesus that he won for us at the cross. He has given it to us and he has given us that commission to go out and trample on those snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Because God is with us and he is for us. And when God is for us, who can be against us? If you believe that Jesus died for your salvation, then you must also receive not just the eternal life, that he's offering, but all the other benefits that Jesus paid the price for. 
healing from trauma from the past, physical and mental healing, deliverance from torment, from anguish, from rejection, from strife and anger, and from all the power of death and failure. The word death, you know, it means failure of life. And many people are terrified of dying because they do not understand that Jesus defeated the power of death, like we read in Hebrews chapter 2. Jesus defeated the power that Satan had that kept people all their lives in the bondage and fear to dying. But you see, there's also other types of death. Death, remember, is failure. So there's also the death of a marriage, the death of a business, the death of a job or another relationship, the death of expectation and loss of hope. These are two massive ones. Death of expectation and loss of hope. And I believe we're seeing that right now play out very much before our eyes. Where people have, you know, hopes and dreams. Remember the Bible says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So death of expectation and loss of hope, you know, they contribute to complete failure in a person's physical body, in their heart or their mind, uh, in in their mental state, in their marriages, in their finances. Death of expectation and loss of hope. They are forms of failure that we don't normally equate uh, with death. Yet these are very, very real and they are hugely impactful. And the devil keeps many people in bondage to the fear of death and it actually manifests in the fear of failure. It can be the root cause of failure in relationships, in finances, in, in, in every walk of life. Death is a spirit. It's a demon spirit. And remember, in Luke 10, where we just read, they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So death is a demon spirit, and it can attach itself to a person who is unaware of it, causing failure of life in many areas. It's not that it it possesses a person but it it can attach itself to certain areas of life or to you know a a, a person's uh, how they see themselves or their heart or their their relationships it can be the reason that trauma and heartache destroy people because if it is not identified if that spirit of death and failure is not identified and cast out it covertly operates in the darkness of ignorance Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to read it again from the NLT. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, or the power of his might. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world in the darkness, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore put on every piece of God's armour, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. 
then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows or the fiery darts of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for believers, for all believers everywhere. That's a call. It's a call to intercession. It's a call to, you know, first of all, arm yourself and stand and be strong. And secondly, it's a call to intercede for those all around you, your family, your nation, your community, you know, all the nations of the world. And on that note, I want to remind you that next Saturday, the 16th of January, Christian Voice Ireland are holding a National Day of Prayer where pastors and leaders from north and south of Ireland are joining together in agreement, in prayer for Ireland, for our government, for our people and for our future for breakthrough, for revival, for healing, and for deliverance. And also praying that the churches will be reopened. Because friend, I'll tell you, people are, are in a bad place, uh, you know, when, when, they're, when they're out of church. They might think they're fine, but actually, I'll tell you, we need to be meeting together. The Lord specifies it in so many places in the Word of God. And the reason is, is because when people come to church, we are equipped to be able to deal with life. And we are equipped to go out and do and, and fulfill the purpose and calling that God has, has called us and anointed us to do. Praise God. So that's next Saturday and you can join it live on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live and on Instagram Live. Christian Voice Ireland. Um, and uh, I, I encourage you, uh, I'll put up a link on our um, on our Twitter and Facebook and on our website. And I encourage you to join in, friend. You know, join in intercession. Uh, for all believers everywhere join an intercession to pray for your leaders not just your church leaders but your government leaders those who are in authority and leadership in our nation we need to lift them up and bless them and pray God's protection and wisdom upon them because right now you know there are so many influences there are so many voices there are uh, you know the enemy is using so many strategies and, and tactics to try and uh, obstruct the glory of God from falling upon this earth and uh, praise God we believe it'll be a mighty day of, of breakthrough but here anyway in Ephesians chapter 6 just to go back to this you know these uh, evil rulers authorities principalities powers of darkness they operate in darkness Paul warns us to arm ourselves with God's might and his strength to counteract and overcome the agents of the enemy. And we do that through the blood of Jesus and through the, the, the armor that God has given us. You know, the, the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness means that I know that I am in right standing with God. That I have been washed and cleansed of all my sins. You know, I'm not denying my sins. I am very much realizing that I could never pay the price for them. But praise God, I am so delighted 
to know that Jesus Christ paid the price for me so that I could be made right with God. That's what the breastplate of righteousness is and it covers your heart. Hallelujah. That helmet of salvation, it covers your head where, remember, the accuser of the brethren, he accuses God's people day and night. Where do you feel pressure and and stress and tension when things are going on? You feel it in your head. So that helmet of salvation and that word salvation encompasses so much You know, not just uh, that when you die, you'll go to heaven to live with the Lord. It also encompasses that when you're on this earth, you will live completely whole and completely peaceful, healthy and strong, protected and preserved in the midst of trouble. That's what the helmet of salvation is. Uh, The shield of faith quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. You know, a soldier uh, in, in... in the wars long ago would would have this shield in front of them and that shield allowed them to advance on the enemy's territory but it allowed them to advance while you know um catching all the fiery darts that the enemy would try and shoot against them and you know fiery darts bitter words jealous words uh you know condemnation accusation uh, anger resentment these things are all fiery darts and we need to lift up the shield of faith that I am trusting in God. That's what the shield of faith is. It's who we're putting our trust in. It's not us who has to lift up, hold the shield of faith up. It's us who trusts in God. And he is the one who defends us from all the fiery darts of the enemy. But we, you know, uh, we use uh, our knowledge. This is spiritual warfare. What you're arming yourself here is with spiritual warfare. The shoes that are the gospel of peace. That is that everywhere we go, we bring peace with us. Like we've said many times previously, what kind of atmosphere happens when you walk into a room? Paul said, you know, now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph and through us diffuses the fragrance of the presence of God wherever we go. You know what a, a, an aroma diffuser is. It's, it's this little machine. You plug in, you put some water into it and you add in a few drops of um, lavender or whatever kind of oil you like. And what it does is it, it uh, diffuses that fragrance all over the room. So that when you come in, you go, oh, so fresh, the air in here. You know, that's the, the picture that Paul gave there. That the victory we have in Jesus and when we know it and when we're walking um, after the Spirit and being led by God's Spirit, walking in His love, walking in the light. When we go into a room or go into a, a, a nation or go into a building or a premises, the atmosphere changes. Because the Spirit of God Himself is coming in, living inside of us and using us as vessels of honor to bring the fragrance of His presence of his love, of his salvation with us. That's what the shoes of the gospel of peace are. And then you have the buckle of truth. You know, the buckle was the uh, the belt that went around the waist of the tunic and it kind of held the whole person together. It held all their, their underwear up and it held all their outerwear, uh, you know, solid. The buckle of truth. The truth is the word of God. God's word is truth. And he said that those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And you have the shield of, um, sorry, the sword of the spirit. 
The sword is representative of the word of God. So that as we use the sword of the spirit, it's our only weapon of offense. Uh, our offensive weapon, you know. Um, it's not a weapon of offense, sorry, but it is, a, a, you know, an offensive weapon that we can use to to counteract what the enemy is trying to do, to fight him off. And we fight off the enemy with the word of God. That's what the sword of, spirit, of the spirit is. We speak the truth of God's word and it quenches uh, whatever attack the enemy is bringing against us. It's how Jesus defeated Satan when he was in the wilderness. He defeated him with the sword of the spirit because every time that uh, that Satan brought an accusation against Jesus, Jesus counteracted what he said, not with his own words, but with the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when he had finished with him, uh, it says Satan left him because he could not, he could not overcome the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And it's no different for you and I, friend. So that's what that key scripture of Ephesians 6, the rulers of the darkness of this age, as I said, it translates, oh golly, from the original text. Sorry about the shouting in the background. I told them to be quiet. (laughs) Do they ever listen? No. (laughs) The rulers of the darkness of this age also translates from the original text to to mean the rulers of the realm of ignorance. So you see, dear friend, that ignorance and obscurity and secrecy is where Satan operates. And that's why God said to pray. You know, in Ephesians 4, he says, expose the works of darkness. And when we pray, Father, expose the works of darkness, shine your glory light, Lord Jesus, into that situation and expose everything the enemy is doing. Hallelujah. The prophet Hosea, uh, he told us that my pe- God said, my people, God's people, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, another key scripture. The greatest weapon we have is the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. And when we use the sword of the spirit, we can overcome all of Satan's attacks and come out victorious. So no longer do we have to come under that, uh, you know, that um, section of the church that doesn't know God's word and that is constantly being destroyed. Jesus told us that he has given us authority over Satan, over his snakes and his scorpions. We read that in Luke chapter 10. The snakes and the scorpions there represent the devil's demon hordes. So we have the power of God available to us and we have the legal right to use it. That's what authority is. But like any lethal weapon, we must see our target, aim and fire and hit the target. Hallelujah. So we cannot operate in that realm of ignorance of God's word. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. These powers and principalities of darkness operate in darkness, hidden. We need to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would expose those works of darkness. And that is how we take our weapon. We aim, we fire, and we hit the target. (laughs) Don't forget, friend, Jesus died so you and I could live. Death is an enemy. Failure is an enemy. And neither come from God. This is so important. 
God says you are more than conqueror. And he wants you to know that greater is he living in you than he that is in the world. Now, who is in the, the one who is in the world? The God of this world is Satan. But God is the God of the heavens. Isn't that right? The God of the heavens. And there is no failure in heaven, friend. It is imperative that we understand that with God on our side, we cannot fail. God does not come to join us on our side. No. He brings us out of darkness over to his side. Hallelujah. And his side is the side of victory. It has nothing to do with our own efforts. If it were, we would never win. David said in Psalm 62, My victory and honor come from God. David knew who his source was. And when David was in trouble, he would seek God and God would answer him. Jesus revealed himself as our good shepherd. He gave us a key in his lesson on shepherding that his sheep would recognize and obey his voice. We hear God's voice and his direction when we obey his word. Hallelujah. When we obey his word, when we study his word, we're hearing God's voice. And he speaks to us. And when we learn, you know, his word, he reveals truth to us. He promises us in Psalm 91 that when we call upon him, he will answer us. He will deliver us from trouble. And I tell you, friend, there is no trouble that is too big for God. There is nothing that you are involved in. There is nothing that is holding you captive that God cannot deliver you from. Whether it's addictions, whether it's sickness, whether it's problems in your marriage, problems in your finances, there is nothing that the enemy has brought into your life that God cannot uh, deliver you from. Because there is nothing impossible with God. That's in Mark 9.23. There's nothing impossible with God. In Jeremiah um, and I'm after forgetting which verse it is now. Is it Jeremiah 32, uh, 17 or something like that? But it says, uh, O Lord God, there is nothing impossible to thee. So let's say it again, friends, and let's finish with this. If God is for me, come on, say it with me. If God is for me, who can be against me? And if God is with me, whom or what shall I fear? Because God is with me, I can do all things through him as he strengthens me with his love. And because God is for me, no evil shall befall me or my household. I renounce, in the name of Jesus, all fear of coronavirus, of sickness, of failure, and of death. I live free from the spirit of death. I live free from the spirit of fear because greater is he living in me than he that is living in the world. And no weapon fashioned against me or my household shall prosper because God is for me and my righteousness comes from him. 
Now, friend, I break off all failure in the name of Jesus. Say this with me. I break off all failure. I break off all sickness. I break off the spirit of death off my life because the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in me and he quickens and gives life to my mortal body. I release the anointing for healing upon my physical body, upon my family, upon my relationships, upon my finances and my work. And I declare today that the dunamis resurrection power of God is breathing his life into all the broken places of my life. And I will live and not die and I will declare the glory and the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friends. I break the power of all fear off you today. And I thank you, Father, for confirming your word. You always confirm your word with signs following. And Lord, I release the anointing for healing now into this, my friend's body, into their lives, uh, into every part of their lives, their families, their children. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the anointing that destroys the yoke. I release the anointing of the Spirit of God to bring peace where there's turmoil, to bring calmness instead of fear. I thank you, Father, for wholeness uh, and, and instead of sickness. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you bring uh, joy, joy unspeakable and hope instead of depression and fear. In Jesus' name, I praise you and I thank you for transformation and a total turnaround in whatever situation that my brother and my sister are facing, Lord. I just speak the miracle working power of God to be released in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, friend. Enjoy uh, Aileen singing again, uh, the King of all kings. Praise God. And you know that song she sang at the start, actually, friend, SOS. It's one of my favorites because... I really feel that's the Lord speaking to us directly from heaven and how beautifully Aileen sings it. Praise God, you know, that the Lord hears your cry. He hears you, friend. He hears you. And, you know, I would encourage you, remember Psalm 91. Call upon me and I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. I will honor you and with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. That's God's word to you today. God bless you.